0: We just need to get Dan like a recording assistant.
1: That's true. Who
0: who sets up everything, presses record, and then, he, you know, he talks.
1: So noise cancellation is going to be more important than ever. So I need like 15 solid seconds of Dan and I not saying anything. Sold. Damn it, Dan.
2: That's 10.
0: 15 seconds is really long. <laughs>
2: All right, I had to swallow my Damn it! God damn it! <laughs> I had to swallow my
1: coffee. At no point during that whole one minute of silence did we make 15 consecutive si- seconds of silence.
0: You can just delete the times where we I talked know. and you'll have like a million It's fine. I
1: just thought seconds. it was funny that Dan couldn't go 15 straight seconds without making some kind of
2: noise.
0: That's why he's good for podcasting. That's why we keep him around.
2: Alright. I also play board games.
0: Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's, oh hey,
2: zinger! I board games.
0: Look at these notes. Board games. Played them. I can't
2: see you. Oh, that's right. true. I mean, <laughs> oh. I can see you, Matt. Wait. Tell him about these notes. She's got notes. I can see you now, sort of. Wait. Okay.
0: Well, it's fine. It's fine.
2: Wait, let me I had again. a really
0: disturbing conversation with my buddy Justin last night about board games. It made me sad.
2: Disturbing.
0: Okay, it wasn't disturbing, but like in in the world of hyper. that we live in today, it was disturbing. He was like, yeah, I don't think I'm that into board games anymore. And it's not because I don't like board games, it's just I don't like the people that play board games. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a subtle way of saying he doesn't like playing board games with me.
1: It hurt my heart. I don't know, that doesn't sound very subtle. It sounds like he does not like
0: you. (laughs) Well, no, like, he was talking about other people that we've played with in the past, and he was saying that you know, everybody has different reasons for wanting to play board games and his is because he wants to sit across the table with people that he gets along with and like have a good time.
2: You should just ban alcohol.
0: <laughs> I don't see how banning out like that's the opposite of what he wants. He wants an excuse Tiff. to get around the table Alcohol
2: have, is what? the root of evil.
0: No assholes are.
2: Uh uh-huh
0: ignorances
2: mm-hmm. well I also played call of duty as a child so I'm planning on murdering people soon <laughs> it's true oh boy. I'm sitting right across from him I can feel it it's palpable
0: you, you can see the rage yeah. just bubbling up on that's just beneath the surface
1: it's awful mm, I actually can't I see him know. I'm staring at a blanket that my dog that our dog sleeps on oh. so it's clean that's, but and anyway. fine so
0: new update i'll never play games again because the one person that i was playing games with hates playing games with me
2: you should work on yourself tiff hey dan (laughs) am i so (laughs) terrible
0: (laughs) it's because his main reason was because i want to play new games and he doesn't like learning the rules for them he doesn't like paying attention to play the rules
2: and just play old games compromise you don't have any new ones anyone or you just say neither do i I don't like learning rules either, because you don't.
0: I hate learning rules. I really do. And that's why I try to get through them as quick as possible, but they won't let me.
2: That's why I you don't. should play real-time games. How about storm chasing?
0: <laughs> if only someone would make a real-time game that I could enjoy.
2: Oh, I'm making Tiff say it on record that she enjoyed playing a real-time game, even if she lied. I just want all the publisher listeners just, to hear
1: this. Yeah, we just need a, a recording.
2: That's all. <laughs> I
0: can I can do a blurb.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tiff, can you give us a quick snippet of I your opinion do I don't
0: really think that my uh, voice holds as much weight as maybe it once did now that I don't play games, but yeah. it's fine.
1: It's true. And you can thank us for broadcasting to. But six I am or a woman in gaming, so you could that you say that. You, you are a woman <laughs> in gaming. This game is good. Quote, woman in gaming. A woman. <laughs> a woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a thing. Welcome to episode 85 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the podcast today are both of my stupendous co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. That was a little weak, Dan.
0: I don't know. It was deeper than normal. It
1: was deeper. It was quieter,
2: too. This
0: new blanket fort makes both of you sound really bassy.
2: Ace of bassy?
0: Yeah. Don't turn around. Mm -hmm. Don't turn around.
2: That's a good sign. Oh man, do you guys know a third Ace of Base song? I mean, Tiff, apparently all that she wants is another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. All right. Welcome
1: everyone back to the podcast. We are here recording post-Origins 2018, and I think that this episode will largely revolve around all of the games and things that we saw at that lovely convention in Columbus, Ohio. So where do we want to start? How is the convention for everyone? Tiffany B.
0: It was great for me. This is a really good one. I feel like I uh, balanced everything pretty well. Like I got, I got enough like pleasant dinner, not stuffing food down my face as fast as possible kind of things because I hate that. And then, I, But I also played like 14, 15 games, which is high for me.
1: The rest of Tiff's year, she's got games of, to talk about.
2: Yeah, don't, don't talk about all right. those today.
0: Talk about, like, three. Well, I won't be able <laughs> to anyway, but, I mean, usually in most cons, I hit some sort of wall on Saturday where I just can't play any more games. I just don't want to learn rules, or I'm too tired, or whatever, and even though we stayed up really late pretty much every night, i never hit that wall for this one, so. We
1: Woo-hoo. we stayed up really late, and you guys stayed up later than we did.
0: Yeah, we had, like, how many 4 a.m. nights in a row? Three. Like, three? Yeah.
1: Oh, in a four or five day convention, good job. What uh, a yeah. What what time did you guys get up?
0: I mean, I got up at eight. pretty much eight every day.
1: <laughs> that seems regrettable.
0: I can't sleep in anymore.
1: But you can also
2: stay up. I drink coffee I now. Can, yeah. Oh, you guys are gonna die. <laughs> I only need one cup.
0: Well, on a normal day, now I wake up around like five thirty, six o'clock, just naturally. And it doesn't matter how late I stay up. So for the con, it translated to eight o'clock.
1: Yeah, I was up pretty early, but I think we did one three a.m. night, and I don't think we did. I think maybe two o'clock was the latest we did. Other than that, we played Arkham Horror, the LCG, until three a.m. on like the first night, and then. Jeez. I mean, it was pretty good. We died.
0: So yeah. So yeah. Good.
1: Good con. Good food. Dan, how was yours? This is your return to America, basically you know you came back for this right
2: sure not i for- love origins it's my favorite convention as far as people things i like it it's a it's a laid back a lot of people complain you can't find space to game but i don't know this is like my seventh origins i've never not had a place to play a game so Same. i don't i don't understand all the f- fervor would that be the word i'm looking for this early in the morning, um, uproar, uproar. Yeah, I don't. It just doesn't make sense. Were there to me. really
0: a lot of people complaining about the space? I mean,
2: let's let's put it in context. I I live on Twitter, and you hear some people on Twitter. It doesn't mean that well, it represents the other seventeen thousand attendees. Um, but you know, just hearing those things makes me chuckle because it's not ever been true.
1: I think last year was
2: particularly bad, though. But we still always had a place. I, I played the Colonists on the floor during the parade, and that was the <laughs> only time I'd never had a table. But even and that was great. I feel like
0: great. that's a good memory for you, though. Yeah, that was
2: awesome. So. It was me, Travis, and Patrick. We just sat there and watched the Pride Parade out the window and played an Air of the Colonists. It was. Perfectly fine.
1: I will say that Origins released their statement of, like, oh, we've got a ballroom that fits 120 people, and we've got some other room that fits like 80 people. And everyone was like, oh, this is a 40,000 person convention, so that's ridiculous. And I was in that camp, and then we had a table and a spot every single day that was nicer than the paid to play area because this place had tablecloths, it had nicer chairs. The, the open gaming was super comfy, and we made sure that we got a spot every day, and we didn't have any problems except one time on Saturday, which it was Saturday, that's the most packed day, and that was for about 20 minutes. There was no spot.
2: I mean, the umpub room was open, unlimited. The Hall A and C, I think, were open till 1 a.m. Like, you could find places to game. It's easy.
1: That was the other thing. They didn't kick us out. We played till 3 a.m. the one day, we played till 2 a.m. the other days, and nobody, like they came in and changed the trash cans, and we were like, oh, these guys are going to tell us to leave, and they didn't. We got to sit there and play as long as we wanted. You didn't need a a hotel room, you could have just stayed in open gaming all night. (laughs) No one would have known.
0: Well, now that the word's out, there'll be people bringing tents. That's true. To the open gaming
1: No, this is a new immersive play experience. I sleep in this (laughs) tent. So, Origin's overall pretty good this year. Uh, In terms of space and people, it didn't feel very crowded this year. Although apparently it set attendance records. Hmm. I mean, there's... (laughs) (laughs) You guys don't go out into the masses. You just hide in your unpub room cubby.
0: I wasn't in the unpub... I mean, I I played a few games in there, but I mean, I was all over the place.
1: You were, Tiff. You were very social.
0: Well, I, I, I learned something, and it's if a bunch of people that you're hanging out with are standing around and doing nothing, you can just walk away from them and go find someone that's playing a game. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Mills.
1: Did he teach <laughs> he you that? Me that
0: trick. I mean, I guess I kind of probably knew that, but he, he empowered me to actually do it, because it worked out a couple of times while I was with him.
1: To be like, hey, I'm not going to stand here and do nothing.
0: Yeah, like, you know, when everybody's, like, congregating for dinner and and it's, like, moving real slow and, like, there was one time we just, like, left the group and we went down the street just, like, a little bit and found, like, a great seat at a nice Italian restaurant. It was great. And we had dinner with TC. It was memorable.
1: That's pretty solid.
0: It worked out a couple of times. So that's what I did. I was just like, well, is anybody doing anything? Nope. I'll just go find someone else. And Brian and Shannon really made my con. Because they had all the games I wanted to play. Hmm. So there.
1: Did you guys have good food experiences? I feel like Kel's con was revolving around the food. And we were <laughs> A-OK, just like, we're going to go. We, Everyone always gets fussy because it's like, oh, we're eating and not playing games. But we we're like, nope, we're going to eat when we want to eat. We're going to eat what we want to eat. We're going to take time. We're going to get Jenny's. We're going to wait in the lines like it didn't. We wanted to make that a part of the experience and not just like shove food in your mouth for sustenance. I
0: don't Really like doing that. I mean, there's some people and I get it like they don't have an opportunity to play a lot of games in their real life. And then when they're at the con, that's the one chance they get to do these things. So they don't want to waste it feeding themselves. I get it. But I don't personally subscribe to that. Because ultimately, as I think I said on Twitter a couple days ago, the whole reason we do it is probably for interaction. And I don't know, finding dinner is just another game to me. And I like, I tick off the boxes of all the things that I need to eat. You know, like I have to have a pierogi's day. I have to have a chicken and waffles day. So to me, it's like a set collection game that I'm playing during the con.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: Just an FYI, if you order your hot chicken takeover at two in the morning, it's ready for you because you can order online and pick it up. It's ready for you right when those doors open and you don't have to stand in that line.
0: Controversial statement. I don't like hot chicken takeover. Well, that that's much.
1: a dumb thing to say. It's delicious.
0: That's fine. It, I recognize it's just it.
1: chicken, but it's good chicken.
0: I mean, it helps that we have a couple of those around here, so I can just have that whenever I oh. want. Oh,
2: yeah, no, it's an experience for us.
0: Dan, you're a quick eater, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't need to sit down. I mean, I will, but a lot of times you get all those big groups and you're out for like three hours, which is fine. I don't mind it. I don't really seek it out, but. I'm okay. Yeah, I
0: don't seek it out either. I, I think those that's kind of the problem. Like, I like to sit down, and if you go with one or two people, that's, like, very doable within an hour or two. When you have, like, eight people and no reservations, that's not going to work out. Even on Sunday night when I went out with Kirkman and a bunch of guys, we didn't get to eat at the place they originally planned on.
2: Well, that's my problem. I don't like waiting around in the lines. Right. I'd rather just go someplace I can eat and get back to the convention. But if we can go and sit down within like 10, 15 minutes max, then I'm fine with sitting down. But if we're waiting 40 minutes, no, I'll go get something else.
1: Yeah, we walked down High Street the one day just trying to like hit the places that we want to go. We went to Stack City and they were 45 minutes. We said no. We went to The Melt and they were 45 minutes. We said no. And we just kept going down the street until we found a place that served us immediately. And then we still made it back before we would have even be, been sat down for those restaurants. so. All right. Let's talk about I some games. I sit more in
0: Columbus than I do Gen Con. Yeah. More food trucks at Gen Con.
2: Long lines. All right, Dan wants to talk games. Yeah. No one wants to hear us talk about food. We talk about it every year. Let's talk games. Food
1: is a fundamental experience <laughs> in Columbus, I find. But that's okay. Let's talk about games. Dan, you're eager to talk about games. Did you play a real game at all the entire con?
2: A few. Okay.
1: Let's talk about something that you enjoyed. Something I enjoyed. I Real know. or
2: prototype. You wanna start mean. you wanna start positive. Okay. Yeah. I'm well I'm hoping there's at least more than one positive. Hmm. Well I'll keep my very positive for the end to keep the people on the edge of the seats. Ooh, yeah, I feel I'm like I'm, I'm on kidding. the edge of my seat. Um anyone who follows me on Twitter knows what my favorite game was. Um The Mind. That game is <laughs> not a game. I uh did you play it? I did play it. Yeah. And yeah, I never have to again. That was did interesting. you beat it? No, I think we got like level 5 or something. Ben and I beat it two
1: player. We got to level 12. And then Ben said, "I don't think I ever need to play this game
2: again." <laughs> yeah, I I can understand why some people like it. It's it's an interesting experience, but it's not that interesting to me. So it's a Yeah, it's a weird thing. It, it's barely a game. How many times did you play it? Uh, before we stopped messing up rules, like two or three times. Okay. I found that you do need to play it like four
1: or five times for it to actually be fun. Because the first several times are weird and uncomfortable and kind of dumb. And then it gets fun, but in a way that it's like, this is so dumb and we're still doing this. I guess we're all crazy now. And we think this
2: is fun. I mean, the most fun part about the game was dragging your hand on the table. Like, <laughs> in that awkward manner. To Where everyone's up. just looking at, at each other, like, strangely, while you're, like, cleaning the table. I don't think we play the same game. It's like this sensual crumb removal process from the tablecloth. <laughs> it's just weird. Why did you guys do that? What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I can't. This is radio. I can't. Wait, Show did someone people. tell you that you need to rub the table sensually no, to play like this game? everyone put their hand, like, in the middle of the table, and then you slowly dragged it off the table, and that was when everyone was ready.
1: Oh, we did not do that. We did put our hands on the table, but then we just picked them up like adults and played the game.
2: Yeah. Somebody was saying, like, by dragging it, they feel like it allows you that time to kind of think through your first move and not maybe rush to throw something. I guess um, that's fair. I don't get the whole psychology thing of it, but uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. I mean, I like dragging (laughs) my hand. (laughs) I did it in a few other games uh, throughout the weekend just to show that my turn was over. You know, it's weird. We also did it in other games. Yeah. It was
1: infectious. Like the the hand on the table thing. So I think we can agree that the mind is as simple as I thought it was going to be. Like it is just putting cards in order and it's as uninteresting as I thought it was going to be yeah i'd agree with that yeah i own it now i'm gonna get rid of it i do want to try it like with mom and biff like i want to play it with all the people i know and then get rid of it i just want everyone to deal with it once you're gonna
2: just piss mike off by making him play that but yeah i'm okay with that that's fine um let's talk about a, a spiel nominee that's probably worth it maybe i played that Gonshon clever oh yeah
1: tiff how did he do with that Pronunciation
0: not not great. Not um, great.
1: How is it pronounced?
0: That's pretty cl- close, actually. I don't know. Someone the my neighbor's mowing the lawn, so I can't talk now. It's okay. You hear you hear that?
1: Yeah, whatever. At okay. ten a.m. on a Friday, who does that? It's life. You live next <laughs> to old people.
0: Uh, no, I don't. I just uh, apparently they're work from home. I don't know. They're always home. I got gotcha. you. They're like in their forties. I don't get it
1: well let's just deal with it tiff how do you pronounce that game? get a real name? job
0: get your kids off my lawn what <laughs> how do
1: you
2: pronounce that game
0: <laughs> i don't know Shun claver something like that it's
2: pretty much what i just said just in a female voice all right tell me about it Danny. <laughs> um whatever Dan. it's a rolling right so yay um i'm just gonna state right now i'm kind of sick of rolling rights i think i've said that for like 20 episodes in a row Anyways, How many have
0: you played? How many Rollin' Rights have you actually played? I've played a bunch. You're not sick of worker placement. How many of those have you played?
2: Uh, worker placement. I like worker placement. But anyways. um, no, But roll Rights just don't offer anything. They just are like this.
0: You just like pieces. Hmm. I,
2: I think it's way more fun uh, when you if can you tangibly like. you people. Yeah. Yeah. Just add something, like a board, and it'll be more interesting to me. Having a little sheet of paper just to make X's on, like it's just not satisfying.
0: I like it because it's like compact.
2: That's portable. fine. Yeah, I understand why people like them. I'm just bored. Um, anyways, but this one I'd say is probably one of the better ones I've played in recent time. Um, it's got a number of... Comboy elements, which make some of those Xs way more satisfying um, when you make them, without like going into the whole rules. Like you're rolling dice. Um, there's a there's a restriction on the dice you choose. So if you choose a five, everything you roll less than a five actually gets discarded. So you're limiting your options in that way. So a lot of times you're going to try and take something mid to lower, and you so you can get more dice on your turn the max you can draw i believe is three right and then at the end of the turn everyone else around the table gets to use one of the die that are in the middle to cross something off their list and as you cross things off there's what's five dice with the wild i think so six total maybe yeah um each die color corresponds to a different area of your little player board and so you're crossing these off and as you cross off certain ones, you get to combo into crossing off another area, which could lead to a combo into another area. It's, yeah, it's fun to do that. Um, it's a bit mathy at the end. Um, when you get into like the foxes and all that stuff, but it's not, it's not bad. I, um, I I don't know how this was nominated for Kenner. Just, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a Kenner game to me, but then again, I don't, no I'm no authority on it to begin with but to me it just didn't feel like it but well, overall Kenner I just thought it means was Means
0: there's like rules complications that your average family gamer wouldn't appreciate
2: I get it it's but like
0: for connoisseurs
2: and I know there was like issues with rule books that like eliminated a lot of games from contentions this year and I I just personally feel like the Kennerspiel nominees this year were a bit off in what I would choose but again if I'm I'm not judging on rule books and stuff like that. I'm actually judging on, I thought there was a number of other games that I would have rather seen uh, nominated. But this one was fine. I would play it. I don't need to own it, but I would play it. Tiff, you also got to give it a try.
0: Yeah, I liked it. It was fine. I mean, it's, it's funny because there's just there's not a whole lot to talk about. You roll dice, you cross off things, it gives you points, they combo, yeah. and it's fun. It's I a rolling right. That happens enough. Yeah, but you could say that about any genre of game, really.
2: Sure, but the like, decisioning you, you is not... You roll dice,
0: you play. Like, let's like talk about, you know, you, you roll dice, you place them, you get resources, you trade those resources in for points. How many games does that uh, describe? Like, most of them?
2: Yeah, but you could put way more layers on that little equation you just said. Like, in a roll and write, and this one had a couple, but I would, yeah, roll and writes just don't do anything. Interesting.
0: <laughs> I didn't find it any less interesting or more interesting than most games that I've played.
2: <laughs> if okay. That makes sense. I'm not I, sure. I'm not sure that makes sense. But okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it it was fine. Like uh, you know what I mean. I don't know what to say. I just said it's, it was fine. You, you roll dice and you you get points and it was fun.
2: Hmm.
0: And it's something to play.
1: Well, that's a ringing endorsement.
0: I don't know. Like that's but that's just how I feel about games right now. I'm sorry. Well,
1: That's fair. Well, you, Tiff, you played. The other hot roll and write, which is actually a card flipping right, which is welcome <laughs> right. to dot, dot, dot.
0: Yeah, I actually managed... I didn't... I got a copy of it, so... That I did, down. too.
1: Yeah. I managed um, to grab they one.
0: They had 25 a day, and people were just going nuts for this game.
1: They were. Which, they were kind of being jerks about this game.
0: Yeah. In terms um, of but I,
1: running to I think to that it. was
0: a little unwarranted that sort of nonsense like people running at full speed to the back of the convention uh the vendor hall just to get it like i don't know if it's worth that
2: it comes out next week right get over it i think
1: the cool stuff release is like august 22nd or something like that because i looked at it it's only it's 25 bucks like it's the right price for a game like this Uh, and i have said repeatedly if you were at origins with me i kept comparing it to like steamrollers because steamrollers was a game i really wanted to try it's mm. also a roll-and-write, and that is a $50 game that doesn't seem to be cheaper anywhere. It was not cheaper at the con. Everyone had it for $50. let us
2: pause and talk about that ridiculous price really quickly. Let's talk about Steamrollers and its price. Tiff and I played Steamrollers.
0: I didn't particularly like that one either, and especially when you consider the price.
2: It's a roll-and-write. Let's just—whatever. whatever <laughs> It had some cubes so it threw this extra dimension of complexity and awesomeness. No, it didn't. It added $40 to what a Roland rights should be. <laughs> it's insane. But you just said
0: Roland rights would be better if they had components.
2: Yeah, and this one just didn't do it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't I think you're limited in what you can do with it. But like, oh my god, we played it and it was it was fine. We got through it. It had like maybe 12 cardboard punch-outs, a little board and some player thing. Stronghold wants $50. 50
0: Well, they're not known for being particularly cheap, especially at a con.
2: I had big issues with some of their pricing. Like, what was it, Gold Fever, Gold Rush, whatever it was, um, the game designed by my buddy Daniel um, in Copenhagen. It's just a bag with gems, $30. The gameplay is it's like fun bar game kind of thing like it's like quartz without all the stupid complexity in those cards drawing you know, out of people a bag
0: seemed willing to pay for steamrollers i saw many tweets about people picking I, it up i just 50
1: dollars
2: for what that oh you people are better people than <laughs> me and you know <laughs> you know in like two weeks it's going to be ten dollars on cool stuff so anyways i digress so that game is not good
1: enough to justify its price point was the game okay well,
0: the, the game, game was, was fine. okay if it was like 20 bucks yeah sure sure I wouldn't have minded it I I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like the whole route building train deal but for it was 50 okay. bucks
2: you can buy a train game
0: right I mean that's exactly true.
2: like you could get something better you could almost buy an 18xx <laughs> 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 like. That's
0: that's a whole different audience, but yeah, I,
2: yeah, I no, that. I yeah, I get that. I'm just like saying I'd
0: rather like, play Ticket to Ride.
2: Yeah, so nothing about this game is well done enough to justify a higher price point. No, I think the mm. I thought the game was it, the game was fine. I was just blown away by the cost.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing in it that's particularly no, spectacular. It's just, from
2: there's one custom die, gotcha. s- like five or six. Aren't there two? No, it's just the black one.
0: Mm.
2: That had the routes on it. And there was a bunch of like white dice. And then it was oh, that's right. the cardboard punch outs for the little tiles. And then cubes, wooden cubes, tiny wooden cubes. So, yeah. so then
1: by comparison, you've got Gan Claver. which you've is 10 bucks, 10 bucks. And then you've got um, Welcome 2, which is 25. And that is a roll and write, but it's not a roll and write, it's a flip and because it's card based. And that comes with the stack it just has a pad of the things, it's got a rule book and it's got the cards in it. And those are the only things. They thing. also
0: de- they also developed an app for it. They, so
1: they did develop a free app and Tiff, you use the app. So we all sat down to play it. I read the rule book and everyone we only had one pen between four. Yeah, of somebody us.
2: needs to give me back that nice pen. <laughs> that did was... we borrow your pen? Yes. That was my very nice pen I brought from Kripp <laughs>
1: I think, I don't know who has it. Uh-oh. We might owe Dan one pen, Tiff.
0: Mm, okay.
1: <laughs> Did we borrow a pen from Dan? I thought we borrowed a pen. No, no it was
0: Dan's pen, okay. but we probably don't need to talk about it on the show.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just, uh, anyway, so this is a roll and write game where you're building a little town and you are flipping cards over. The front side of the card has a number, and the back side of the card has an action that you can take, and by flipping, so imagine two uh, piles side by side, you're forming pairs of a number and an action, and you can take one of three pairs uh, to take your turn, and you're trying to do the roll and write thing of cross off certain boxes and cordon off certain areas for points and things like that. Um, Tiff, you played with the app and the paper simultaneously, because, yeah, I wanted because... to have both experiences.
0: Well, <laughs> because I don't trust my phone because I'm old. And it, it, it worked out that my phone did kind of crash the app. I don't know what happened, if it's my phone's fault or the app's fault, but I would have lost all my scores. So it worked out.
1: That's fair. But the, the app is nice. Like it seems to work. There's a Oh, well, the app is very nice. As oh, to yeah. whether or not you like to write or do your app thing. But the app seems to work very, very well.
0: It's a good option, I think.
1: And it was available. The game like really isn't released yet. And this app is already up and ready to go, which is cool. So yeah.
0: no, I like the game. It felt um, more substantial than some of the other rolling rights that I've played. I mean, I know it's a flipping, and right? And maybe that has something to do with it. The tactile feel of flipping the cards. Oh, cards. So I don't know, but I did definitely mess up my town pretty badly.
1: Yeah, I ruined my town as well.
0: Like, you have to build fences. If you play this game, just pay attention to fences. Just build all the fences,
1: everyone. (laughs) Just build fences. Don't have nine houses in a row and no fences. I got
0: so distracted by, like, putting down the sequence of houses in order. Like, I'm like, yes! But nine in a row does not help. Yeah, That is not good.
1: Nope. Did you get a chance to play this, Dan? No. Are you interested in it at all? I know you're not doing the
2: rolling right thing, but just since we're on the topic. I'll try it see what the hype is but i'm not like dying to play it that's fair
1: yeah i this was a game going in i was also i'm also like not really into the rolling ray thing and if i hadn't played Copac's copy with tiff and ben and and kel i would not have bothered going for it like i didn't go for it until sunday because we had the time and i was like all right i'll go try and get one um cuz the price is right but yeah i had i not played it i would have just skipped right past it i really wanted to to try these games out Because none of them seemed interesting enough to buy on the spot, so
2: just to go back to Steamrollers, if you're into train games, check it out. I think you'll probably enjoy it. But I would wait for it to be half price. I just wanted to say that. I didn't want to like the price really just made me see red with the game. But the game itself, again, if you're a you're a train person, um, I think it packaged it pretty nicely i think it's like 35 on cool stuff does that price seem more palatable or does it still sure and i don't know I what the kickstarter still went for a either. little too much mm. i don't know it depends on how much you're into rolling rights sure if you're like
0: super into rolling rights and you're super into trains it's probably fine at 35
2: just 50 just blew my mind like that's a full <laughs> board game I like, know.
0: I think I heard you talk about it like this just about every day of the convention. Because I walked it was by like, it. It was the first game we played.
2: I walked by it just every day and just
0: every time you saw sh- it.
2: shook my head. I was like, are you kidding me?
1: It's well, too much. If you are really into train games, but you're not into rolling rights, would like a whistle stop or something be a better value? A whistle stop is really good.
2: That's what I'm thinking is, like, that's supposed to be an intro train-style game, so... And to be honest, Whistle Stop gives you kind of a similar feel of, like, building out your track and delivering things along it. Um, So, yeah. I mean, all train games have that, so let me just take a step back before somebody on Twitter goes, Ooh, all train games build tracks. Um, But, yeah, Whistle Stop's way better. That's fair. It's only, like, $5 more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it, it goes on sale and things like that, so there's also an expansion out for it. So, okay. We uh, were there any other roll and write games that we missed that we've we've tried them all in one I hope so. Either? I tried to miss
0: them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, um, I uh, it's not a it's not a style of play I'm really into, but I I did like the cards uh, of Welcome To and the Price Point and Kel had fun with it. So, I think I think it would be a good option to have on hand for for something quick, but those were, like, that and The Mind were almost my only two purchases, I think. I don't know.
0: I made zero board game purchases at this convention. Yeah? Yeah. You
2: just said you bought Welcome too.
0: I didn't buy it. Brian and Shannon refused payment for it. Because they're what? my new best friends. I know, they're ridiculous.
1: These very nice people.
0: I just met them. It made me feel incredibly...
1: I know who they are cuz they hang out with Dan a lot. I don't think they know who I am, but they seem very nice.
0: We, we played some games together and uh, they're they're like just my right style of people to play games with. They're nice. very chill and very friendly. And yeah. When I'm APing, they're like, "Here are your options." I'm like, "Thank you. I'll choose that one." And it just makes my life so much better.
1: I thought you didn't like when people play your games for you, Tiff. <laughs>
0: I no, I that's quite the contrary. I if I'm struggling, <laughs> I want someone to step in. Can somebody and explain. tell me what to do here? Yeah, like I really don't mind. It I guess it depends on your approach, but generally I'm appreciative. If I'm struggling making a decision, I sometimes just need a little nudge in the right direction.
1: I gotcha. That's fair. Well, what else did you guys play? Any anything else that stood out? I mean, honestly, looking at the BGG hotness for Origins, I know the Mind was on there. I know Welcome to was on there. We touched on a couple of those. So was there anything else? That you guys really enjoyed, that you played?
0: I mean, like, I have a long list, and I enjoyed a decent chunk of it, but um, there are two that I really enjoyed, and that is um, Rajas of the Ganges.
2: Woo, Mark, I think brand.
0: So yeah, but I think, Dan, have you talked about that one before?
2: Have I? I don't know I if don't we know. ever
1: touched on that. Oh. We might have, but, you know, you don't have well. to give the overview, just give what you thought about it.
0: I mean, it's point salady dice resources worker placement, but the interesting thing about it is there are two score tracks. So there's a score track for money, and there's a score track for influence, something yeah, like fame, that.
2: Fame, something like fame. that. Fame.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as you're like building up your tableau, um, your boom. tableau, <laughs> it's there's sort of like a tile placement element. and You're building out your province, and you're getting all these resources and doing all that. Once you're you're Your score trackers move closer together because they're at opposite ends. And once someone's score trackers cross, that's when the game ends. So it's kind of an interesting scoring mechanism. And it took me about two rounds to really get an idea of how all the different areas of the board interact. But once I got it, it was fine and it flowed really well. So and it's right in my sweet spot, you know, 45 to 75 minutes is what it says on BoardGameGeek. But I think you could get it done in 45.
1: I really like that scoring mechanism. I don't know it's why. great. I just think it's, it's enjoyable. And I'm trying to think of other games that have done similar things like that. Yeah. I know well, they're not the first.
0: The other thing I liked about it is um, the, since there's like dice as resources, you need certain rolls to use certain spaces. It mitigates the dice rolling with flipping the die over. Like it's not I, I, I know other games do that, but a lot of games you can just like add pips with a resource. This one you have to like flip the die over. I like that. I don't know why. So yeah. Karma is what it's karma. called. You use your karma to flip your die over.
1: Yeah, I've only played that the only... one time.
0: I kept rolling fours, like almost the whole entire game. Every roll was a four. It was really weird.
2: That's not a terrible. It's roll. Better than ones. Yeah.
0: It's it's not a terrible roll, and with the karma, I was able to flip it over to a three, so I could do a lot of things with my rolls. But in in a different type of game with different mitigation, it might have been less fun. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. I'm it's gonna a good buy game. it. Speaking of price, you can get that one for like 35 bucks. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good game. It is a very good, good game. i like to play that some more.
0: And it's pretty. It has like those translucent dice. Mm. I
1: love mm. those. Mm. They're so, they,
0: they look delicious.
1: Ah, don't <laughs> eat your dice, Tiff. Kids, <laughs> don't eat your dice. Everyone at home, they're not gummies. Okay. I think the only other game that I bought I technically did not buy at the con, and that was Summit, which is that mountain climbing game.
0: Yeah, I didn't I don't know anything about that game.
1: I have been looking at it for a while because it's it came out last year. And it's got a $75 price tag, very expensive. And Oof. I did not want to buy a game without playing it first. I'd watch videos and stuff. But I was like, I need to play this game before I ch- go ahead and buy. It. It's too big of an investment. So I hunted down a demo. It took me most of the day to like nail these guys down because they were very busy uh, that game was also on the BGG Hotness along with their other game, Goris Maximus, which is a card game of some sort, but it's got Quan Chi art and people are all over it. So they uh, they were able to get us a demo. We Ben, Kel, and I played with two other people, two randos, which I'm always... I mean, I don't mind playing games with other people, but I never know how they're going to be. And the thing about Summit is that it has a cooperative and a competitive side. And apparently the competitive is super super mean like they openly are are talking about like this game will make you lose friends because it's super take that um to the point where like different reviewers were like this i will only play the cooperative and other reviewers said i'll only play the competitive so it's got this weird like polarization so i was nervous about trying it out but we played it super fun did not buy it for 75 dollars because it's still too much but i got for 50 on cool stuff which i'm fine with Uh, There's a lot in the box, two play modes, things like that. So I really like the game though. It was, we played the competitive and it was indeed very mean. We went around the board one time without any of the karma cards, which are the take that like positive and negative cards. You can help people or you can hurt people with them. We played one round without them just to get the feel for the game. And then the second we got those cards, they dealt them out and the guy, the random guy to my left, like threw one on me, which Caused a nice slide and I slid like halfway down the mountain and lost all my progress. And then it was on. And we like it just imploded The the social contract was broken and everyone just started playing cards on each other to like blow up the mountain and cause rock slides and cut ropes. And it got to the point where it was so ridiculous and everyone had so much kind of like take that power that it was funny and it was fun. My original impression was like, ew, this feels bad. But then I was like, oh, if I look at my hand, I've got these cards that can level the playing field. I also have cards where you can help people and gain karma. And the the point of the game is to have us. You get scored by the end. So it's not just first up, first back. It's not a race necessarily. You also need points. And karma is one of your point scoring opportunities. So if you play too many bad cards, it is going to cost you. So I liked that balancing mechanism because eventually, like... We all started screwing with each other and then we all started helping each other because we wanted to get those points back. So it was an an interesting balance. Um, And there's a cool mechanism where you're trying to like manage your climber where like how much gear you take dictates how heavy you are, which dictates how fast you can move. So you can move these sliders and play with it. Do I want to move faster and have less gear? Do I want to have more gear and be prepared for weird things that might happen, but be, be slower? So I liked that. That was kind of cool. So overall, like, I really enjoyed the play. We all kind of looked at each other at the end and we're like, that was weirdly fun for three people who usually don't like to do too much screwing each other over. So, and the other side is cooperative. And that sounded great. I love cooperative games. So I don't even need to play that. I'm fine. Just that being what it is. So I'm excited to try it out. It just came today. It's upstairs in my car in a box. Um, so I'm excited to try that out. But yeah, Summit. Yep. Great opinions, everyone. Thanks. (laughs) Sorry for sharing my thoughts and feelings. How dare I? Ouch. Let's talk about something with cubes. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I'm sure that is of interest to some people. Not me.
2: Yeah, let's sit around and kick each other in the nuts. (laughs)
1: hey man it sounds like a fun game to just drink a beer and kick each other in the nuts you know Mm. no
0: i don't know i don't know i i mean i (laughs) the only take that games i play are when i'm at board game club and for some reason playing with children (laughs) somehow makes that more tolerable to me but this game
1: might be too mean for board game club
0: Hmm. it's pretty
1: malicious at times i believe it I had set I up a plan to kick Kel down the mountain and then cut her rope so she couldn't climb back up it.
0: That's vicious, for sure.
1: It was pretty funny, though.
0: <laughs> well, to each their own.
1: You know, anyway. Uh, Dan, give me give me something else that's on the other side of the, the gaming spectrum.
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at my list here. Um, I played Reef, which was all the rage. That's the new I did too. abstract from... Plan B's, I guess it's Next Move, is their imprint for their four-letter abstracts. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Emerson Matsuchi, who did Century Spice Row. He's all over the place. So I think he's basically Plan B Games. I'm pretty sure it's his company. <laughs> so they seem to be doing all his designs. Emerson Matsuchi presents Plan B Games. Yeah, exactly. The worst name board game company. <laughs> um, so Reef is like a game of pattern building so you've got this row of cards on these cards you've got the top part has um two i guess two pieces that you can grab in one of the four colors that the pieces are in uh the pieces are these toy-like looking stackable things i don't know some people liked them i thought they were ugly um yeah they're not as good looking as i hoped they're too shiny, and they look too... They're too rounded. Yeah, they look too kiddish. They look like play school toys. Um, but that will draw people in. So uh, Hey, they sold out. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away. I just I didn't like that choice in piece. But they do really good things, so whatever. Anyway, so the top part is pieces you can grab. The bottom is like a scoring, um, which is like a certain pattern of colors in a, a specific you know, pattern or stack certain amount or something like that. So you're always looking at the board top down. So you're trying to just arrange your board using these different pieces into um, stacks and rows and columns and diagonals of these patterns to score them. So it's, it's very simple. On your turn, you just um, take a card or you play a card. And there's a nice balance of, you know, if you play too many cards, you're going to have to spend a couple turns refilling your hand. You have a hand limit of four. Um, but it's all about just making those patterns. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I like Azul better. if that's kind of, They've kind of set the bar pretty high with that imprint uh, with Azul. Um, it's a good game, beautiful production. I mean, it's got a Spiel nomination, so... Um, it's gonna be hard to follow that, regardless. But I, I thought this one was g- good for the right audience. Uh, it's not me. Um, I thought it was a little too light. Um, it was a bit. I don't know. I guess maybe a couple plays through. If I start to understand the various patterns that can be built, I can kind of hone in what I want to do. But again, you're dependent on if those cards and pattern scoring cards, come to you. So. It's very tactical in that manner. You're just trying to play to what's in your hand, sometimes what's on the board if it comes around to you. So, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good weight for what they're going for. Um, again, I see what they're trying to do with the production. I don't like it, but I thought it was, um, it was good. And the cover, the cover's nice. They did really nice with the cover of the box, so that'll draw people in easily.
0: I thought it was a good board game club game. Like, it's not something I would necessarily seek out for my game group, my normal game group, but it would be perfect for board game club. That level of rules and simplicity plus the pieces. Oh my God. The kids love the pieces.
2: Yeah. They're too shiny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So take note, plan B. You need matte finish.
2: I don't know. I just felt like I was playing this like game from play school. You know, no, I, I mean, know like, what you mean. They just, do look toyish. It was too toyish for me. Um, but again, it'll, it'll draw on a crown. So, and I think it's what they're going for with a lot of their games. That's, I'd put it like the same weight of like a Century Spice Road, whereas that was like a very good introduction to, you know, comboing systems and or... Um, you know resource management. This one is like a really good intro to like an abstract game, but it's not as good as Azul. So if you don't have Azul, buy that one. Dan's actually recommending Azul. Azul's a good game. Just because I'm I tired of it doesn't so mean it's a bad many game.
0: People recommend it. I still haven't played it.
2: I don't need to play it anymore, but it's a good game. It's Kiesling, baby. That's my boy. But go play Sansuu over all of them keesling for life wow. keesling for life he says
0: he's gonna get a tattoo
2: i mean dan suchi he's been photoshopped on the box <laughs> it's underrated it's so good it is good it is good that was an origins pickup too remember i got so excited when we got that tiff and we played it i, I remember got it For 15 bucks and i was like this <laughs> is awesome
0: i forgot that you got it for 15 bucks no wonder you were so excited that's a solid pickup for fifteen bucks.
2: You can still pick it up for like twenty or less. So if you haven't played Sansuchi, do it. Especially I had fun
0: playing it, but I was not good at it.
2: It takes a couple plays. People should definitely buy that game though. It's pretty good and it's pretty cheap. And if you want heavier keysling, go get Heaven and Nail.
1: I'm still not on this Heaven and Nail train. I can't I don't know.
0: That's one I didn't get to play. But that's okay. Dan yeah, I'm says bummed I you wouldn't didn't get like
2: to try it. That I didn't say you wouldn't like it. Yes, I said it would trigger. It would trigger your AP. Mm. That's true. That is what he said. And we didn't get to play Welcome
1: to Centerville together. Although I did play it again. So ugly. <laughs> I mean, it's a GMT game, which surprisingly, for a GMT game, it actually looks nice. Um, by comparison, it's that's a fun game. It's GMT does game. some good some
2: good boards, and that one's not one of them.
1: It's functional though. Like it makes sense, sure. which is good. That game's pretty enjoyable. I like that game. I squeaked out a win that I don't think I deserved. Like, I was surprised that I managed to do it. But um, I just, I, I really like the the bounce back and forth in that game. It's good. And the dice rolling is simple but interesting. The decisions are pretty good. So for, like, a $40 hour, hour and a half little dice rolling area control game, it's pretty good. I enjoy it. But, yeah, I'm bummed I didn't get to play it with you, Tiff. That's okay. Or at least we'll, teach it we'll, to you. We'll,
0: yeah, well, f- I looked at it and I was like, "Oh boy!"
1: (laughs) It's it's really not that bad. We managed (laughs) to like we taught Tyler it, which not that Tyler can't play games. Not that I
0: was intimidated by it by the by the actual ugliness.
1: Oh, I I just wasn't
0: fully prepared. I mean, I should have been, but I was like, "Oh, that is not what I'm used to." I'm just used to pretty games
1: now. Yeah, I I would not consider it a pretty game. Although the cover art's not terrible, but it is deceiving, very deceiving. It's also not good. The cover art? Yeah. I mean, it's not great. Oh,
0: I don't even remember. Now I got to look it up.
1: But it's not terrible. I uh, I finally got to play Altiplano. That's a pretty good game. I find that game enjoyable.
0: What is it? What do you do in that game?
1: So it's by the Orleans guy, and it's kind of like Orleans, if you played oh, that ever. Oh, that's
0: why I don't like it. So it's a
1: bag builder. <laughs> um, you get to draw things out of a bag, though, Tiff.
0: I do like drawing things out of a bag.
1: Yeah. It's not... I don't... I don't I only played owns a couple of times, so the comparisons... I don't know. People are just comparing it because it's a second design. But basically, you're moving around these islands. There's seven of them, and they're set up in a circle pattern, and you can move a certain number of spots each turn. And when you're on a spot, you can take actions. To take actions, you need to draw chips out of your bag, like tokens, and assign them to certain actions. So if I want to make some... Uh, if I want to make a blanket, I need to have cloth and an alpaca. And then I can turn those in to get another token into my bag. So like you never lose things out of your bag, um, unless you specifically take like this calling action. So they just cycle through like a deck builder. And you're just trying to build up resources to score points and do various things. You've got different um, end goals that you can work towards. And you've got this little storage facility that you can fill up for points. And it's fairly simple to play. It ran longer than I thought, and I'm not sure if that was the game or if that was us, but I, I thought that we were entering into like the third end, like the, the end phase of the game, and it went just a bit longer than I was expecting. Um, I do like it, though, and it, it allows you to change strategies in the middle of the game fairly easily, and there's a lot of different stuff to explore. We all did different things, Um, so I like it. I I think I got it for like 40 bucks. So I think that that's a good price for this, um, from an online retailer. And then I also think the game is fairly pretty to look at. Like, it's not bad. I think the worst part of the game is setting it up because you have to like organize all your tokens and stack them up and make sure everything, there's a lot of components to the setup, but overall I think it was pretty enjoyable. I'm glad I got to play it. I think I liked it more than I, if I can remember Orleans in my head, I think I liked it better. Um, there was less of the like the weird, all the different boards that felt separate. This feels a little bit more integrated, I think.
0: Oh, that's nice. I'm waiting for the perfect bag builder.
1: Hyperborea is out, If You can get it for pretty cheap. It's not uh, Hyperborea.
0: I want more of a Day of the Dead kind of theme. If only someone would make that game. Good luck. Josh Mills.
1: <laughs> Hyperborea is a I'm plenty good bag builder.
0: I have faith. Um by the way I'm looking at the cover art for Welcome to Centerville and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with this cover art. It's the board that's ugly.
1: Have you seen the cover Just... art for Altiplano? Yeah. It's got like a lot of stripy. On
0: it. <laughs> or it's an very alpaca.
1: Stripy. Yeah. Yeah, that's they, fine. They had a giant cutout of that alpaca you could stand next to it at Origins.
0: I did see that. It was pretty funny. There were a lot of like booth mascots <laughs> this time around. There was like evil corgis and stuff.
1: What? What is that? Did
0: anybody see Evil Corgis? There was a booth that had, like, stuffed corgis, or at least one, and its eyes were, like, painted red, and it had, like, looked... That's
1: got to be the Overlords of Infamy, guys.
0: (laughs) I think you could, like, win that by the end of the con. I don't remember, but They have that Evil Corgi
1: character that you can play.
0: Yeah, Hmm. well, there you go. Hmm.
1: All right, well, we are entering the latter half of this show, so I need to know what the best things everyone played was. I know Dan's been holding out.
2: I'll talk about my favorite game, which was Coimbra, Coimbra, Coimbra. I don't know how to say it, whatever. It's a weird, weird name. Um, This is from that little design team that does Lorenzo, Marco Polo, all those really, really good uh, Euro games. So this was one our buddy Dan Patrice picked up and found out that he and Kirkman and I think someone else in their group had gotten it. So I said, hey, I'll buy it off you because this is the only game I was really interested in. And uh, he gladly accepted because he's a good friend. And I agreed to read and teach it um, as part of that. So we sat down Saturday night and we played it. And it was amazing. I really liked it. Um, its basic premise is... Dice drafting. Um, so you dice draft, and then you place them in the city. Let me. I'll take a step back here. So there's dice in different colors, four different colors, um, and what you're doing is you're drafting these dice, and when you draft the die, and the, you place it into one of four sections in the city. Um, these sections allow you to buy the influence of various character cards. Um, and the castle, which is these um, four different actions you can take. Um, The interesting thing is that both the number and the die color play into what happens during your round. So in the, quote, auctioning phase, so to speak, when you draft it, you're going to place that die in one of the four areas of the cities, but you're going to arrange it based on its value. So if you had the six you're going to place it all the way to the left if you had the one you're going to place it to the right of that six and what happens is at the end of this phase you're going to resolve each section of the city from left to right the castle goes right to left so the lower die plays better there but um it's an interesting dynamic because you're looking at the numbers of the dice but also as i mentioned the color plays in Because during the income phase, there's these four tracks that correspond to the colors of the dice. And when the income phase hits, you're going to score income, not score it, you're going to gain income in various money, movement, points, things like that, based on the three colors of dice that you drafted. So you're looking for numbers in the first part, but you have to weigh that against what you're looking to get for your income in the income phase based on the color, because once you hit income phase, that number doesn't matter anymore. It's just the color. So that was a really great kind of decision point for me because it really kind of played into, do I want that purple die at the, you know, at the risk of maybe not collecting a card because it's a one, um, because each section of the city only has four cards, So, five people flay dice into this section, one person's not getting it. They're going to get the default resource action. So, while that never really happened, we all kind of went for different things in a four player game. Um, It could. And again, with the placing the dice in kind of ascending order or descending order, If you were the first six, you were never bumped. So that kind of, again, weighed on your mind. Do I want to be that first six, even though it's the orange die, which I don't need kind of thing. So because then I can't get bumped. Really nice little mechanic. Um, It flowed super smooth. Once we got through about a round, you play four rounds. um, I think we were all kind of in the groove and it went fairly quickly. Uh, Rather high scoring game. Pretty pointsality in the way you can score points. I think final scores were all within like ten at the end, um, which was pretty good to see. And we all did like four completely different strategies, which was interesting as well. So um, overall, production for this is beautiful. The art, the just the kind of the vibrant colors they use in the dice and the artwork and illustrations graphic design was very, very clear once you kind of got through the rulebook and understood what they were trying to say. Um, Yeah, the components were nice. Dice. Little dice holders which were neat to kind of signify the player colors when you drafted a die. Um, It's a bit pricey. It's a $70 game, but it's... You know, I was real hesitant about it when I got the box and I opened it. There was only one punch board a bunch of discs, a deck of cards, and like some player boards. But
0: yeah, the game... conversation we had was similar to the Steamroller's conversation.
2: Yeah, you were not, it you was. You were not
0: initially very pleased.
2: I was not, but you know, I know there's a lot that goes into you know the artwork and the graphic design and things like that. But gameplay sold it for me. Um, I'm very happy with that seventy bucks because that even that one play was just. Super good. So I would recommend it. It's coming out at Gen Con, I think. They only had 100 copies at Origins. So um, hopefully play it a ton before Gen Con um, so we can get a, a more extensive review. But yeah, I really liked it. First impression. Those guys are just on fire. They kill the Eurospace for me. They're, they're awesome. I was going to say, where does this stack
1: up in terms of
2: your other favorites? I mean, I don't, to rank their games, that'd be tough.
1: Or even just your, like, d- does this jump to the top of
2: your list now? Is this... Well, I've only played it once, so yeah. I'm not going to rank it, but it was very good. I'd put it up there with Lorenzo in terms of my enjoyment. It's a little less kicky in the wiener than Lorenzo, but, uh, yeah, overall, I really liked it. Plan B did a good job with that one. The rule, this, book, rule book was great too. Is this a Tiff game? Uh, Tiff watched part of it. I don't know. She can tell you.
0: Oh, I didn't watch. I wasn't paying attention. No. Oh. You guys seemed happy.
2: Tiff could play it. I'm pretty sure all four of us. I played it with uh, Pinchback, Kirkman, and Patrice. I think we all really enjoyed it. It looks very cool. So that
1: was the best game that you played, Dan. That was the that was the best game of the con. Do you think that that was a very popular Euro offering? Like there weren't a whole lot of games that I would put in that category that were new. No. I would I
2: don't think there was a whole lot of anything that was new at Origins. Well I guess that's Again. true
1: too. That's the other Origins fundamental problem with game releases. Origins.
2: Demo con.
1: It felt at least like it was more of a demo con for real games and less of a Kickstarter con.
2: So it that's did. nice. It's like here, play all the games you can't buy for another two months. And you can only get them if you're going to Gen Con, because if you're not going to Gen Con, you can't get them till September, October. Yeah. <laughs> Play these 2019
1: releases today. Yeah. Was there anything thing big on demo that we that that is worth touching on? I don't do demos all that much, so I demoed Dragon Castle, which wasn't even really a demo. We just sat down and played the Seamon copy of it. So. That game's fun. It's too expensive. (laughs) Story of the con, that game is also $50, and I don't think that that is worth it, but
2: it's good. I mean, the pieces.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Mahjong pieces. And I know, so I feel like the the fundamental criticism that anybody would give to our comments here is like, oh, you're not evaluating the design work and like the manpower or woman power, the people power it takes to create a game. So I recognize that we're looking at components and gameplay in a vacuum without considering the lovely people who made it.
2: But we're looking at it as a retailer. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it in comparison to the retail space. I mean, we're fans just as much as we are reviewers. So I look at it through that lens. If I'm looking at a shelf and I'm seeing games are $70 and $50 and I take it home and there's a sheet of paper and it's six dice in it, I'm I'm not going to be happy. So, Or you're going to feel a little bit cheated. You know, you might, you might not be as distraught as I am, but you might feel a little <laughs> bit cheated, you know? Because we talked about it before, like, the amount of air in these boxes and things like that, it's just getting worse. Now, I will give credit to some uh, companies, you know, Coinbra being one of them with Plan B. Like, the inserts are getting better, and they're actually filling the boxes and using functionally but you still have the fantasy flights and all these that are, you can't even get a whole game in the box and it's, you get one bag and an insert that holds a deck of cards. <laughs> like, so, yeah, yeah I, I completely understand the development, the artwork, all that manpower that goes on behind the scenes. I'm just, when I'm talking with price and stuff like that, I'm, I'm coming at it from the listener's perspective as, you know, a retailer, a fan, somebody who has maybe not the biggest game budget in the world, because let's, let's be honest, games are just getting way more expensive. Like they're not getting cheaper.
1: Well, and that's what these comments are about is about games that are comparative or comparable to games that have come in the past that were cheaper and nicer to produce in some, in some instances, like games seem to be getting more expensive and giving you less overall. And it's not that, like yes these are better designed games than games in the 70s but in terms of the 21st century games that came out 10 years ago were in many cases made better and produced like just as solid designs and were cheaper
0: Mm, maybe the cost of production is going up and we're just not super aware of that
1: yeah i just think about those classics that that came out back then yeah i don't know
2: well you i mean you can't compare the price of a 15 year old game to now just on sheer economics, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, like, comparatively speak, if like speaking, sorry, you had a game like Welcome to, which is a solid roll and write experience. You had Steamrollers, which is a solid roll and write experience. They're thirty dollars apart. Like that's that's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean that's the thing. It just blows my mind. Some of these things, like you can get something like. Rogers of the Ganges, and that is like a very, like, satisfying great pieces beautiful artwork.
2: Tiff Euro. wants to eat it.
0: Ta- she I, does
2: want to eat it. It
0: looks tasty.
2: I'd eat it too. I'm not, I'm not. Thank you getting on your case for it. I may have already eaten it.
0: <laughs> but that's for why less for less again. than a rolling, right? And like and I like rolling rights and I think that that's too much. Like I'm into rolling rights and I probably just because I can play them on my own and no one wants to play games with me anymore. So, you know, I I would be interested in it even though it's not a theme that I'm into, but $50? No, probably not. So, it's kind of like when you have other games to compare with, you're going to choose something that feels like you're getting value well, the, for what you're putting into it.
2: And that's the other thing too, like with so many games coming out, you got to like look at games too, through the lens of, does this do something different or better than what I already have on my shelf?
0: Right. And, and we all have plenty on our shelves. And I think that's exactly. part of it.
2: Like and if again, you were so coming
0: in new, you might be more inclined to buy some of these games for these prices.
2: Sure. I just worry, like, people coming in new are going to be like, these are more than video games. Like, this is getting (laughs) crazy. Like, (laughs) No, I definitely,
0: like, considered that this time around, like, $70 $70 for a board game. I think that's just, like, beyond what I'm, like, mentally prepared to invest anymore.
2: I cringed at that for Coimbra. I'm not going to lie. But you got,
0: like, hours of gameplay out of it, and you will probably play it multiple times, Yeah, but given
2: the choice, I wouldn't pay $70 normally ever for a cube-pushing game. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, eh.
0: Yeah. So do you think, I mean, I don't know. And especially when you compare to video games, which probably isn't a fair comparison, but, like, what you can get out of a $60 video game, the amount of hours you can get out of that versus a $70 board game, like, blows it out of the water. Video games do. I don't know. It's tough when you yeah. have a f- when you have full shelves it's really hard to pay seventy dollars for anything, I think
2: it is, or if you have limited money <laughs> for board <laughs> games like let's face it, board games are a luxury definitely and these are these are getting ridiculous. These are getting close to like car payments. some of these games <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> we digress
0: That's well, let's like see, the no. send
2: show. all your hate mail to Matt. Yeah, that's fine. You can send
1: it to bones at nonsensicalgamer.com. Um, I mean, you can
0: start sending them to at enough gamer. I'm not going to read it anyway.
1: <laughs> Until the next con she goes to, she's not going to yeah. turn her Twitter back on. I
0: already deleted it, so nice.
1: sorry yeah, it, everyone. No, I do think that that's then reflected in our hall h a u uh, l in terms of you know everyone's taken their their convention hall picks, and mine was two games and a game I got off of cool stuff. Dan's was wait, yours was three games, Dan. Two games? Yep. Yeah, and Tiff, you didn't you just got welcome too, and technically you didn't even buy that. So I, I bought think... two
0: video games.
1: <laughs> oh, did you go to that booth?
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um I picked up a DS game about magical wizard stuff, and uh I I got an inbox copy of Super Mario Brothers three. Nice. For my display purposes.
1: Oh wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we definitely supplemented the gaming space with Nintendo Switch the whole time we were there.
0: Everybody had their switches there. I had to leave mine at home so Brendan didn't hate me, my husband.
1: While Craig was getting Arkham Horror together at two in the morning, we broke out two switches and played four player Mario Kart, which was pretty funny. I didn't even know you could do like that local link thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: It was pretty. You can neat. do that on Splatoon too.
1: Yeah. So that was very cool, and uh, the Switches got Dan and Ben and I through the drive home and the drive up, so uh, hey, good on you, Nintendo. But anyway. I love my Nintendo Switch. It is a very good purchase. There's a lot of good stuff on there.
0: I'm very satisfied with mine as well.
1: Yeah. Turns out that the best thing that we got was (laughs) the Nintendo Switch the whole time. Highlight of the con, but... No, I think uh, it was a good Origins. It was a good Origins. It was a good feeling to not have to buy a lot of games or feel like I was missing out on buying a lot of games. I played a ton of stuff, including new and old stuff, and it did not feel cramped. I had gaming space and lovely food the entire time. So overall, anyway, yes, I thought it was a pretty good con, and I'm really excited. It was a good way, like I've said a thousand times, like Kel is on the verge of popping a baby out, so we're about to be very tied up. So it was cool to get one last convention in where she, she felt good the whole time. We got to play a lot of good games. I was really happy with all the games we played. We played a lot of long games. um, And didn't spend a whole lot of time just staring at each other, asking what everybody wanted to do. I felt like a real adult, this
2: con.
0: (laughs) I think my con experience gets better and better as I, like, learn how to navigate, you know, through some of the things that annoy me. Like, up until now... There's probably like a major complaint that I've had at every convention like either I didn't play enough games or I tired myself out or I don't know, I didn't get to play with who I wanted to play with, but this time around I feel like I got to talk to everybody I wanted to talk to for the most part. Sorry if I forgot you. Um and and you know, I got to see my friends from home, I got to see my friends from away, I got to play. I got to eat. It was it was very well balanced as I said in the beginning and I haven't had that feeling ever.
1: Pretty cool. So Dan's gearing up for Gen Con. That'll be your next go, right? Yep. I will not be there. I will hopefully have or be about to have a tiny child. And Tiff, are you making it out to Gen Con?
0: It's up in the air right now. I don't know. Okay. Possibly.
1: Well, if you're going, hmm. if listeners, if you are going, try to convince Tiff
2: and be sure to find Dan because that'll be the next con that
1: we will be represented at.
2: Yeah, on that topic, though, I need to say an apology to Chris the Librarian on Twitter. We tried to meet up, and I just got caught up doing other things, and he was only there for the day. So apologies, Chris. Um, we'll, we'll catch up next time for sure. And shout out to Steve, listener Steve, who Tiff and I uh, bumped into a couple of times. So don't be afraid to say hi to us. We don't bite. I mean, Tiff does, but she's small.
1: I met no listeners, so it didn't count. I saw Kyle, though.
0: Kyle counts.
1: Cow okay. counts. Yeah, but he's almost not even a like I don't consider him an abstract listener at this point. He's a real person. Oh I okay. know him. <laughs> he's got I a consider
0: cute kid. all of you real people. I'm well,
1: you're yeah, all real people, exactly. but nobody's coming to find me to play games. Well that's because you well, call them abstract because, yeah.
0: people. Yeah, see. And I guess
1: I earned it. <laughs> Anywho. Any last words before we wrap up this here cast? No. Good job, everyone. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us for episode 85 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This has been a pleasure. If you want to reach out to us, uh, the best place to do that is on Twitter. Dan, well, the best place to reach Dan is on Twitter. Dan, where do they find you? At League
2: Nonsense or at Scandalous underscore Ned. Tiff, I guess people just can't find you ever again.
0: No, no, no. Here's what you do. I am at Cinnamon Buns spelled phonetically. (laughs) Hashtag Tiff.
1: Hashtag Tiff. That's all you need. Is that a that might be too generic a hashtag? A too bad. <laughs> hashtag inept gamer. Sure. If Whatever people just you hashtag you, take. then you can just you can look that up without even getting on Twitter.
0: Yes, I've I've now tibin. ascended tibin? to
2: Tibin the Hobbit.
0: Tibon is my uh, board game geek. T I B. Yeah.
2: It's Tibin. A H. That's your Hobbit name.
0: Yeah. So you could do that. You tibin the Great. Listen, tell Matt you need to talk to me, and that's how it works.
1: <laughs> I will relay. Yes, I am officially. Tips on Twitter. Don't let
2: her fool you.
0: No, I've deleted it, and I don't. I, I can't check it. It's just too much. It, it, I, I don't want to mess with it. I want to focus on real, actual people. And
2: Twitter has sucked lately.
0: Yeah, I But I still I know. check it. <laughs> well, I, I was like, okay, I made it through the con. This is okay. But I don't really have a need for it in my day-to-day life and the con it's like okay sometimes i'm just standing in a line or something i need something to do i don't really need that i really it's just a distraction from me doing stuff that i ought to be doing so i deleted it and i'll probably if i go to gen con redownload it but until then if it if it's a non-urgent tweet you can tweet at inept gamer and i'll get it in august
1: all right there we go <laughs> that's how to find them <laughs> And I just insulted all of our listeners and called them abstracts. So nobody wants to contact me. But thank you all for joining us. We will talk to you next time. And until then, say goodbye.
2: Toodles.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.